Welcome to the Visegrad Inside podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. you hear echo from the streets of Budapest, where reportedly over 10,000 demonstrators gathered last Wednesday in support of the I Want to Teach campaign launched by educational professionals all over Hungary. A show of civil disobedience and a show of displeasure with low wages and lackluster reform of Orban's educational policy. But this is also a vouch for support for the number of academics dismissed from a Budapest high school just a week ago participating in the nationwide labor strike among teachers. My name is Malik Banat, and I'm joined today by a marching crew fellow, Michal Zabotsky, who was physically present there to witness the kilometers-wide human chain formed by Hungarian students and teachers united in Budapest. Michal, bring us back to that moment. I will start with a small correction, because actually, according to the independent uh, websites in Hungary, the protests were far bigger than you described. It was over 35,000 people blocking the center of Budapest, which is uh, rarely seen in the Hungarian capital uh, since Orban came to power. And actually, the protests uh, not only were economically driven, but also uh, represented the public frustration with the economical situation in Hungary because uh, you can feel that uh, life in Hungary is getting more and more expensive while the people wages are uh, falling down especially it's felt by the teachers who are uh, on the budget uh, wages and these are not raised uh, even uh, to somehow mitigate the inflation rate, uh, the, infla- the, the inflation rate, one of the highest in the European. You do mention an economic dimension to the protests. Um, it is no secret that Hungary, one of the smaller economies of the EU, is uh, diving into a recession, as you point out. Um, also, I want to remind of the, it also has the worst performing currency in Eastern Europe, the forint, which saw historical low against the euro these past weeks. Um, but Mr. Viktor Orban, of course, in his latest radio address to the nation, has continued to blame Brussels uh, when explaining the spike in prices. And there is nothing new here, Michal, but can you give us a bit of a health check on the Hungarian economy and perhaps offer a few words of wisdom for those uh, in Budapest, who claim that the economic turmoil is completely unrelated to any economic decisions made by the government. Uh, this is pretty interesting that you touched uh, Orban's uh, blame on the European institutions. And uh, this is uh, actually a very well-prepared blame game, uh, which started with the excessive expenses by the government uh, before this year's uh, general election in Hungary, which was uh, a landslide victory for Viktor Orban. Uh, Again, because he won over uh, two-thirds of the parliamentary seats. And uh, this expense 
was uh, followed by the Russian invasion on Ukraine, which caused actually a huge, I would say, collapse of the Hungarian uh, economy and foreign, as you as you mentioned, foreign. Actually, last uh, in in last three years, lost one third of its value uh, versus euro, which is extremely important for the Hungarians. They, they live in a, in a small country. As you mentioned, the economy is pretty small, relatively small, but was regarded strong for a long time. And uh, there was uh, a huge investment uh, boom uh, in the last uh, 20 years, uh, especially following the Hungary accession, uh, accession to the European Union. But uh, the collapse of foreign uh, is, uh, I mean, sorry, maybe it's too strong, but the fall of foreign is probably the reason that is causing this, this uh, citizen's frustration because people, as, a, as uh, the teachers, that their wages are still the same, but everything in Hungary is related to euro, especially the fuel prices and the gas prices and the energy prices. And uh, while the exporters are benefiting because of the, of the weak foreign, because they are producing cheaper and they are abusing, I would say, the cheap labor force of the Hungarians, they get their income in euros and the Hungarians are not getting anything out of it. And then the blame game we started with, uh, uh, which uh, followed election and uh, then the invasion on, on Ukraine, is uh, a kind of excuse for Orban's uh, economical failures because uh, he was preparing the ground for blaming Brussels for everything. However, the strange thing is while in the... In Budapest and in the Hungarian media, uh, Orban and his government is blaming the EU for every failure, every economical uh, uh, economical problem he's facing in the country. And then we see that his government actually in Brussels during the meetings of the ministers is supporting every every European policy and is trying to stay silent and not to not not to even say a word against uh, European policies so but this uh, the, the the Brussels meetings uh, minutes never uh, never get to the Hungarian public. So they, the, the public here in Hungary is convinced that, the or, that Orban is actually a strongman who's playing uh, against Brussels and he's defending Hungary, as he always stresses, he's defending the Hungarian families and Hungarian interests, which is actually not exactly true because he's, uh, I would say, uh, mainly... Uh, defending his political interests, uh, whether it's in Brussels or whether it's in, in his Russian policy, uh, be- because he's, uh, he was, for a long time, he was uh, benefiting from the contracts of, for, for the cheap gas and the cheap oil from Russia, and that uh, actually uh, sponsored his, his rise to power. Yes, and uh, important actually to note here, this upcoming week on the 
sort of political decisions that will be made is the 13th and 14th of October. These days we will be watching because that's when the EU Justice and Home Affairs Council meeting convenes. Uh, but uh, Michal, you, you rightly mentioned that uh, there has been a strategy of um, uh, in Hungary of openly spreading anti-EU conspiracies at home while simultaneously quietly negotiating in Brussels. Um, and this particularly concerns EU money. And EU money is an important factor in this bottom-up movement that has shattered the image of uh, Hungary's economic stability. And here I'd like to quote a recent forecast from the Bank of America. In the view of its analysts, the cash-strapped Orban administration has no choice but to compromise with the EU. And it further predicts a deal to be reached by the end of November. Um, otherwise, um, it would mean losing close to some 7.5 billion euros in cohesion funds, which is basically a third of all funds allocated until 2027. And uh, the most recent deadline set by the Commission to satisfy anti-corruption reform, upon which the funds are conditional on, has been set for November 19. And uh, we know that the Orban government has made a total of 17 commitments in that regard. Um, and uh, the key question here is, uh, can you tell us uh, more about what sort of concessions we are expecting Hungary to make, um, as well as what already has been, at least on paper, achieved? In general, I'm pretty convinced, convinced unless uh, Orban decides to uh, finally leave the EU or, or, pro or uh, organize a Hungary exit from the EU, uh, I'm pretty sure he will uh, comply to every demand made by Brussels, especially in regard to the uh, rule of law. However, that would result in his uh, in in political losses he, uh, for him. But it's not said that he wouldn't. I mean, uh, even before election, I I wrote in one of the analyses that he might back up for a while, given the political space to his opponents for a while, unless the situation stabilizes and the economical uh, situation is better, then he could go uh, come back after, for example, some uh, economical struggle of, of, his, uh, of the next government to, to, to promote himself again that he's the, he's the savior of Hungary and uh, to, to run his policy again. Because I don't think that he would uh, so easily refuse to support his allies in, in the country, especially the shady businessmen and uh, corrupt officials, which, which was actually proved uh, by the uh, European Parliament investigation. And, and this is very interesting, actually, the Parliament question here, because Orban many times uh, in his uh, speeches stresses that the European Union is uh, very uh, acts very undemocratic and is one of the most uh, undemocratic bodies in the world. But actually, it's the European Parliament, the most democratic European institution, because it's directly elected by the European citizens, has labeled governments. Uh, uh, sorry, has labeled labeled the Orbán's. Uh, 
government as non-democratic, a hybrid, uh, authoritarian and uh, uh, authoritarian elective regime, which is very uncomfortable for for Orban because he cannot say anymore, at least internationally, that uh, that that uh, that, that uh, some some undemocratic uh, institutions are. Uh, blaming him for not playing the the, the same game. Michal actually reminded me, and before we let you go, uh, speaking on uh, the tit-for-tat game on who's democratic or not, Orban mentions that uh, EU sanctions against Russia, of course, are not imposed democratically, as he says, and are instead issued by the Brussels elite, and the European people are not consulted and uh, that's why uh, that has been the just- justification behind uh, launching the nationwide commission for um, for finding out uh, the attitude towards sanctions in Hungary. Do you have any updates on how that has gone? I mean, it's uh, from the recent uh, meeting in Prague. It's uh, Orban was, of course, repeating his uh, narrative that uh, EU sanctions are hitting. Uh, uh, the hardest, the European citizens, especially the people in Hungary. Uh, but then during the meetings, he simply uh, voted with the most, uh, with the with the rest of the European Union member states. So this is this is like uh, I would say uh, that his double face uh, policy which is like a uh, uh, very pro-russian and anti-eu narrative used in 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 the country but then when it comes for the money he will accept anything just to get more or just to play uh, a good boy in the eyes of the uh, of the rest of the european union of course the people don't get it anymore especially when we saw his uh, when he came to the european uh, summit in prague last week he was uh, the only one european leader who got booed by the public that is telling indeed thank you for your time Michal. thank you very much malik To understand the nature of the Hungarian teachers' protest, we invited to this podcast episode Victoria Serdult, foreign affairs editor at Hafauge Weekly, and a good friend, uh, often appearing at Visegrad Insight events as a speaker, moderator, but also uh, an author of, of texts that you could have read at Visegrad Insight. Hi, Wojciech. It's great to hear from you. What is the main reason for the Hungarian teacher's frustration? I think it's a frustration on many levels. First of all, the wages. The salaries of Hungarian teachers are among the lowest in the EU. Just for comparison, a beginner teacher who just got out of university would get around, let's say, 600, 650 euros a month, which is very low even by Hungarian standards. If you go to work for a multinational company, but you have the same skills as you do as a teacher, you would even get double the money or maybe triple the money that you would get as a teacher in Hungary. On top of the low wages, the workload is very extreme for teachers in Hungary. You don't really get a staff to help you as you do in some of the EU countries. You have to do all the administration on top of uh, teaching the classes. And also because the salaries are so low, many teachers are giving extra classes to students to get some money or teach in some language schools. So they usually work around 
10 or even 11 hours a day. Unfortunately, there's also a lack of solidarity in society that is very visible during these teachers' protests. Um, many Hungarians don't really understand why teachers are frustrated. They envy them for having long holidays in the summer, although they have no idea that the teachers usually spend these holidays uh, with uh, taking the kids to camp and getting no salary for it. Many teachers also complain that the education system in Hungary is really centralized. Let's take the school books, for example. If you work in a state school, then you can't choose which books you want to teach from. And some of these books are not the best quality. And uh, lastly, there's also uh, the problem of uh, going on strike, actually, because in Hungary, there's a legal ground for teachers to go on strike, so it's not forbidden. But at the same time, you have to give all your classes that you promised. You have to fulfill all your obligations as, as a teacher. So according to many of those who I talk to, this is not really a good possibility for them to express their dissatisfaction with the current system. So that's why many of them chose to uh, attend a civil disobedience instead of a strike. And this is exactly why many of these teachers who took part in civil disobedience got letters from the local school districts warning them that if they do this once again, they will be dismissed, which actually happened to five teachers in one of the most prestigious bilingual schools in Budapest, Kölcsai uh, Ferenc Gymnasium, that is a French-Hungarian bilingual school. Do you actually know teachers who were intimidated by the administration because of the protests? I actually do, and this becomes very personal for me here because one of the high schools that stood at the front of the protests was Karinti Frigyes Gymnasium, that is quite a prestigious bilingual school in Budapest that I attended as a teenager in the 90s. So what happened here is that some of the teachers took part in a civil disobedience instead of a strike, and for that they got letters of warning from the principal of the local school district. But instead of giving it to them in person, she summoned the principal of the high school to give the letters to the teachers in the school. But they wouldn't accept this, and they staged a big walk from the building of the school to the building of the school district, and they were joined by thousands of teachers, thousands of students and their parents, supporting them in this march to get the letters of warning. And this became such a big act of solidarity that uh, I think this was one of the most important moments of last week's uh, protests. Victoria, how can the teachers cope with the dismissal threats? Uh, do, do they have any support in the society or, or they're left alone? Well, when the teachers, at least those who took part in civil dis disobedience, received their letters from the local school districts telling them that in case they take part in a second action, they're going to be dismissed. So some of them were intimidated and they're not willing to continue the protests. But there's another part, uh, a big part actually, who said that at this point, there's probably nothing to lose. And this is their only chance, at least this is the best chance to show, to reach something, to reach a change, both in society and in the system. And they're supported by quite a big percent of society, at least uh, there was a big protest in the capital Budapest uh, last week, 
when 20,000 people marched on the streets of the capital, and for a brief moment, they even occupied Margaret Bridge. That is quite a big bridge uh, on the Danube. And uh, I think this was one of the biggest protests I've seen in a long time, which signals that there is a willingness in society to help and to support teachers. And that might be a chance now that uh, if society stands behind teachers and if teachers are not intimidated, then there's a chance to change at least some parts of the system and to reach some of their goals that they're fighting for. Can the protests also spill beyond Budapest? I think uh, in the future, more and more people in Hungary will have similar stories to tell because the civil disobedience is still ongoing and more and more schools are joining the protests. And although most of them are located in Budapest, a number of uh, schools in the countryside are joining as well. There were some protests in smaller towns. So I guess that for the first time, these uh, actions are not only Budapest-centered, but although they are scattered around the country, you can see that the plight of teachers and the education system is something that affects all Hungarians. Thank you.